Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's philosophy talk. Today, ethics in sports. Ethics in sports? Oh, come on, John. That's an oxymoron. Big time sports is about doing whatever it takes to win at whatever moral cost. Oh, come on, Ken. Sportsmanship, sense of fairness, teamwork. Obey the rules. Sports is a uh, yeah. great source of ethical insight. Yeah, steroids, go on strike over the silliest things, behave like millionaire prima donnas. Professional sports is a mess. And the worst part of it is, you know the worst part? It's filtering down to colleges, to high schools, even to peewee leagues, for Christ's sakes. Ken, you're trying to steal my job as the resident grouch here at Philosophy Talk. We're going to talk more about ethics in sports with our guest, NCAA President Miles Brand. And maybe Ken can recover some of his sunny disposition. Philosophy Talk after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of 91.7 FM, KALW, San Francisco's oldest, most innovative public radio station. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. And Ken, this week we're actually continuing a conversation that in a way was started by William James at that very corner in 1906 when he gave his great speech about a moral equivalent to war. For many people think that sports, with its ideals of teamwork and what used to be called the manly virtues, is a way of, of getting the moral benefits of war without paying the price in death and destruction. What do you think of that? Well, I think that's uh, I think that's a, I think that's there's something right about that. I mean, you know, why ethics in sports? You you've started one reason. It's a way of sublimating, as it were, our competitive juices into something that that produces something beautiful, something calling up forth human excellence. But you know, there's also just that excellence is really on display. Human excellence, human virtue, right? I mean, people have to discipline themselves. They strive for distant goals. They work really hard. They forego the immediate pleasure. They they learn to share and contribute to a collective enterprises. By you know, sports is a cool thing for that reason alone, if for nothing else. And many sports are beautiful. Well, I, I'm sure that's true. I, I don't think anyone ever called me beautiful in my athletic career. <laughs> yeah, well, I played sports in uh, in um, high school and one year of college, and I think the main virtue I got out of it was modesty. <laughs> yeah, well-deserved modesty, I say. But, but a lot of people, I think, that uh, sports is their first time to really see that the rules have to be obeyed. The umpire can't be talked out of things the way mom and dad can be. Yeah. Teamwork is necessary. And most of us learn that there are people better at doing the various things we do than yeah. we are. Yeah. And that's very helpful. Well, there's another thing about sports I think is cool. When you, uh, going back to the war metaphor, when you are at war with somebody and you vanquish them, you dominate them, you take over their land, you do all kinds of bad things to them. When you beat somebody in a sports contest, especially a well-played sports contest, what do you do? You tip your hat to them. You respect them as the as an opponent in a shared undertaking. I mean, even though they lost and you won, still there's this there's this enduring respect that you have for a, a formidable opponent that you've Well, had. in the Little League, in AYSO soccer, the teams uh, always shake hands. Everybody shake hands with everybody else on both teams at the end. Uh, do they do that in pro football? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think they used to, but I don't think they do anymore. You know, there is, though, be, lest we sound just like Pollyannas, there is a dark underbelly of sports, and we're going to have to you know, steroids, cheating, all kinds of things. Uh, college students foregoing their academic uh, pursuits in order to, to 
to to do play their sports. I mean, there's all kinds of bad stuff happening. We yeah, talk about that too. No, not everybody learns modesty like I did. Some people just get seem to get inflated egos, inflated salaries, and become despicable human beings. So <laughs> yeah. So there's kind of two dimensions of ethics in sports: the the ideal that kind of comes from the Greeks and. Uh, and then the other side, the effect on our society. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Look, we're going to talk about the effect on our society for good and ill, the dark underbelly. We're going to dig into that. But for the moment, it's just worth focusing on the display of human excellence on the playing field. Uh, Amy Standen went out and talk, uh, you know, did her usual thing. She files this report. Say what you want about Terrell Owens, the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, but that 30-yard run he made in Super Bowl 39, sprinting on an ankle he'd broken only six weeks before, was nothing if not a feat of extraordinary athleticism. McNabb throws a leaping catch made by Owens to the 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, taken out of bounds, and a flag is thrown up. I think there's no question that sport can be used as an example for people to see athletes men and women, under extraordinary pressure, using the greatest talents that they were given, and doing something that requires extraordinary art. We can learn an awful lot from that. Frank DeFord is an NPR commentator and a senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Something I saw on television just a week ago when, when Roger Federer, who is indisputably the greatest tennis player alive today, and some people think by the time he retires, he may be the greatest ever to have played the game. And he was slightly injured, and, and he got beat in a very, very tough match. It was the first time he'd lost in months. He, he was actually down on his knees when the match ended. And he came to the net, and he and Murat Safin, who had beaten him, embraced. I think you learned something from that. I think you take something away from just that one little tableau of two men who have fought each other for four hours and then can clasp hands and put their arms around each other and say, good job, win or lose, good job. I think that what good sportsmanship means is playing the game as best as you can, playing the game in a clean fashion, not being simply a dirty player. Playing the game with the right attitude, which is to say, the appreciation that at least half the people are going to lose in any sport. And you have to understand that. And maybe, maybe if you are a good sport and you live up to morals on the athletic field, maybe that makes you more cognizant of applying the right kind of behavior in the rest of your life. That may be true, but why is sports considered better moral training than, say, playing the piano or fixing cars? What's different about sports is that it's visible. You're playing with other people who can watch what you do. So in many respects, morality is more enforced in sports because you can't get away with it. We can cheat at home on our taxes, and hope that nobody sees it. It's very hard to cheat in sports without eventually getting caught. And as for the idea that back in the olden days, athletes were noble, good, and always played fair, DeFord says it's a myth. You go back to 100 years ago, and the President of the United States himself, Teddy Roosevelt, had to call in the presidents of Princeton, Harvard, and Yale and say, straighten out football, or I'm going to ban it. I'm going to find a way to ban it, which was the ultimate reason that the NCAA was created. But to suggest that somehow our forefathers on the athletics field were all absolute paragons, little George Washingtons, is nonsense. I think, if anything, it's probably the same now as it was then. We're talking about human nature here. That just goes with the human condition. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. Want to hear more? You can hear the rest of the program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. 
Or, for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.